0: All right, people love holidays, don't they? Just had Christmas, and Pastor Toby mentioned Valentine's Day is around the corner. And uh, in case you guys didn't hear that, I want to say that Valentine's Day is around the corner. And, uh, and in case you didn't hear that, Valentine's Day is around the corner. So I was actually in, in Target the day after Christmas, and they already had the Christmas section cleared out, and the Valentine's section already set up. I was like, the day after Christmas, that's, that's just crazy. But people love to celebrate. It gives us a break from the normal routine. In addition to Christmas, we have Thanksgiving and Veterans Day and Labor Day and and Memorial Day and Independence Day. But in our culture, uniquely, we have created another holiday to celebrate football. That's right. Super Bowl Sunday has become a national holiday. There'll be massive amounts of food and beverage consumed today. If you watch the commercials, what's the commercials about? Beer and pizza right? A lot of those things are going to be consumed today, and people are going to sit around their, their TV sets, and there's going to be lots of joy and sadness. There's going to be lots of yelling at the refs and second-guessing the coaches and watching the endless replays and rating the commercials until about 7 o'clock tonight. Finally, somebody wins, right? America takes football seriously. I mean, check out these guys. I just found a few fan pictures, uh, that guy's a Kansas City fan, and uh, that's a New Orleans fan. And, uh, well, there's some Niner fans, I think. Aren't they here somewhere? I don't know. And uh, there's the Seahawk guy, and, of course, then there's that guy. <laughs> I, think, I think he's in the, is that one of you guys, the men's home? I thought I, thought I saw you there. I don't know. Go, go, yeah. Mike, it's you. <laughs> uh, okay. Of course, being there, everybody wants to be there. According to SeatGeek, the average price on a ticket on Friday was $3,508. And uh, it's the lowest it's been since Monday. The lowest price, the nosebleed seats, are $1,250. That's serious money, right? But, you know, at the Super Bowl in the, last year, there was an empty seat surprised to see an empty seat at the Super Bowl stadium, a diehard fan remarked to the woman sitting nearby and she said, well, that seat used to be my husband's seat, but he died. I'm very sorry, said the man, but I'm really surprised that another relative or friend didn't jump at a chance to take that seat reserved for him. Beats me, she said, but they all insisted on going to the funeral. All this excitement over a game where grown men put on pads, and they fight to get a ball over a line or through a goal post. That's what it's about. From training camp in July until now, the focus is to be in this game and win this big game. It's said that legendary coach Vince Lombardi would start every season this way. Can I have that prop there right there? All right, just throw that to my man right there, all right? Just throw it to me. See if I catch it. Okay. And we'll give this way too. But but he said he held this up and he said, Gentlemen, this is a football. That's a football. And you might say, Well duh, I know that. Even Mike Bingham knows this is a football, right? Why why would he say that? Because because he wanted because he wanted to let them know the basics and really the game is pretty simple, isn't it? Get the football over the line. Now, you wouldn't think it's basic if you watched all the coverage these past couple weeks. 24-7 almost, the coverage about all the nuances of football. Now, most of us never will play football. We may dream about it. I had a dream once that Jimmy that, that I got called by Jerry Jones, and he said, do you want to coach the Cowboys? And I said, if I could pull it off for just one year, that's all it would take. It was a very real dream, but it never happened. But most of us are engaged in something much more important than football, and that's, that's life. Yeah. Life is not football. Football is not life. Life is life. Yeah. Right? And so it matters what you do with your life. Games come and games go. The reality is, I know that last year the Ravens won the Super Bowl, but beyond that, I just can't really remember who won when. I really can't remember. I remember that the Seahawks got jobbed out of the Super Bowl a few years ago by the refs. And I remember some of the Cowboys victories. I know the 49ers won a few times in the past. I know the Raiders won in like 1842. Uh, but, you know, I, I don't remember much about it, you know. But, but today, we're going to take some parallels between football and life. First of all, there's the goal. In football, the goal is to score more points by getting the ball across the line or through the post. Pretty simple. All sports have an object. In basketball, it's to get the ball through the hoop, right? In golf, it's to get that little tiny ball in that little tiny cup, all the while while the tiny ball is laughing and mocking at you, right? Some, with me, I take a lot of strokes to get the ball into the cup. And, you know, if if you don't achieve the goal, you don't win. My family loves to play a board game. I think it's the best board game ever called the Suttlers of Catan. Great game. I'd love, love to introduce you to that. If you play, see me. We'll, we'll play that game. But I have a nephew named Chris who thinks the goal of the game is to irritate Uncle Brian. And so all he does is steal from me and block me. And if the object was to get me mad, he'd win every time. But he rarely wins because he doesn't really know the object of the game. Do you know the object of life? Don't you think it's important to know what the object of life is? People say, what's the meaning of life? So many people don't know the answer. To some, the object is money. It's all about dollars. They want to be comfortable and have a good retirement. They think money will bring them happiness. It's true that money will relieve pressure. Money gives you options. Oh, I've been told that anyway. It's nice to have, but it won't get you to heaven. Maybe you heard the story about The man who was rich and wanted desperately to take his money to heaven. And he was a Christian, so he prayed and said, God, how do I get my money to heaven? And in a dream, an angel came to him and said, if you take all of your money, convert it to gold, and and put that gold into your suit, your pockets, and sew it in, that money will cross over into heaven with you. So he made preparations. So the day came, and he he died, and he buried him in his his suit. And he, he woke up in heaven He was awestruck by the streets of gold and magnificent sights, and oh, the streets of gold reminded him. He reached into his pocket and found it was full of gold, and he said, it worked. I can't believe it worked. He's throwing his gold up in the air, and he's so happy. Just then, a couple of angels came by. One of them goes, who's the new guy? And one goes, I don't know, but he has pockets full of pavement. Don't really understand that. Jesus encountered someone rich who wanted to follow him. Jesus said, listen, you got to do one thing. Sell all your stuff and give it to the poor. Now, I'm not saying every rich person has to do that, but Jesus told this person to do that, and he went away sad. Jesus said to his disciples, surely I say to you it's hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. Again, I say to you it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. Friends, money has its good parts, but life isn't about money. A lot of people who have a lot of money are very, very miserable people. And you know what a billionaire wants more than anything? Another billion? That's all they want is more money. Money doesn't satisfy. To some, the object is things. They work their entire life to accumulate things. Life is all about a bigger house. In some of these areas, there's tremendous homes, just huge homes. But why do two people need a 15,000-square-foot house with 10 bedrooms, six bathrooms, a bowling alley, a swimming pool, a workout room, and a hot tub? I know you're thinking right now, well, I'd like to try that out. I, I don't know. For some, it's a great car. A few weeks, weeks ago, Chris and I were driving on Eight Eighty, and and we drove up beside a Lotus. Lote, cool car. Like, what's that car? It's a sports car deluxe. Well, the base model, the lowest, cheapest one you can buy, starts at $67,000 and go up to about a quarter million. For some of you, it's it's the car that has a subwoofer that can be heard a half mile away. For some, it's a Hummer or an Escalade. Some people want the best clothes. Some people want a ski boat or top-of-the-line Harley Davidson, and you can fill in the blank. But maybe you've seen this particular bumper sticker. He who dies with the most toys wins. Have you seen that? The better one is this. He who dies with the most toys is still dead. (laughs) Other people covet power. Look at politics. It frustrates a person that the Democrats and Republicans are fighting, and really, it's all about them holding power. It's not about what's best for the American people. It's all about a power grab. Some people want to succeed in business. Some people want fame. I'll tell you what it breaks my heart to see what some of these young uh, entertainers are doing to get fame. They're selling their bodies and their souls for fame. They think fame will do it for them. Listen, fame isn't going to get Justin Bieber out of the slammer, is it? You name it, people pursue it to fill the void in a quest for significance. But let me tell you something. There is nothing... That will fill the void in your heart except Jesus. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. You can try sex, fame, money, power, possessions. It's only temporary, but Jesus is eternal. When you find Jesus, you not only find significance, you find new life. If anyone is in Christ, he is what? A new creation. We're created in the image of God. But sin marred us and scarred us. Sin infects us and separates us from God. The only answer is Jesus. Do you know what you're likely to see today in the game? Likely to see this guy carrying this sign, John 3.16. Tim Tebow had John 3.16 under his eyes. People made fun of it, but this is the scripture you need to know. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Jesus gave of himself so you could have new life, significant life, eternal life. What happens when you die? Many people have many opinions on that. Some people say, oh, I die and come back as something else. Is that really something you want? Do you want to die and come back as a bug? Or a cow? Or anything? Listen, I've lived long enough to know that when I die, I'll be happy to die. Because life isn't that great Sometimes. I will be. I want to see Jesus, right? When you die, you're going to stand in front of a judge. If people say, don't judge me. But when you die, you're going to stand in front of somebody who's qualified to be your judge. He's going to say one of two things, enter in or depart. You see, you do live eternally. Everybody lives eternally, but there's two places. You can be with, with Jesus in paradise, or you're going to be with Satan in eternal fire. It's not popular to say to say that. People say, don't, don't talk about hell. But I gotta talk about hell because hell is real, and that's where you're gonna be without Jesus. Jesus doesn't want you to be there. Nobody wants you to be there. You don't want to be there. No matter what ACDC says, there's no parties in hell, there's just pain and suffering and torment. You don't want to be there. Jesus what Jesus was so determined to save you that he died for you. For a goal. It's not to the pursuit of things, it's Jesus. Football players understand the goal. They play by the rules. Friends, we have a goal, but we have some rules too. Now I can hear it now. There he goes about rules. I knew Christianity was all about the rules. First Pastor Steve wants us to give in the offering, and now there's rules. I just knew it. But you know something? It's not just all about rules, but think about it. Has anyone ever said that about football? Too many rules, I'm never watching again. No. Why, is football all about the rules? No, the rules are not the object. They define how the game is played. If our goal is to have significant life and eternal life, there are rules. Now, many people have their version of the rules. They say, there are many ways to heaven. That sounds so wonderful and good. It just warms your heart. Oh, there's many ways to heaven. The problem is, it's not true. Not true. What if someone said, there are many ways to play football? What if today Marshawn Litch comes to the line and a Denver player grabs his face mask and twists his head around and wrestles him to the ground and the ref throws a flag? And everybody goes, yeah, that's a pretty nasty play. But what if the player stood up and said, what? What do you do? You can't throw a flag at me. That's the way I want to play the game. I, I want to grab face masks. You can't throw a flag. The flag's still getting thrown, Right? What if it's fourth and one at the goal line and Peyton Manning drops back and it's an incomplete pass and he goes, Stop! You know, I'm Peyton Manning. I want a fifth down. <laughs> Listen, I don't care who he is, that doesn't work. Same goes with your spiritual life. You don't get to make up your own rules to go to heaven, you may have your personal opinion. But your opinion and your beliefs always bow to what is true. Listen, if you go to the rim of the Grand Canyon and you decide to step off, whether you believe in gravity or not, you're going to the bottom. You can say, I personally don't believe gravity exists. It doesn't matter what you believe. When you step off, you're going down. Unless you have a rope or a rocket or something, you're going down. You may disbelieve gravity all you want, but it still has its effect. People try to make their own way to heaven based on their opinion. The most popular one is, if I live a good life, then my good deeds outweigh my bad deeds, and God knows. The problem is that really is not in the Bible, okay? Now, first of all, we've got to start with something that's not debatable. Everyone sins, right? If you think you haven't sinned, then you sinned because you lied, right? Everyone, everyone has sinned. But you know, a good deed does not wipe out a bad deed. And you think it does, but it doesn't. We know this intuitively, right? Say someone was caught in a murder, a really heinous act, and that person, he, there's no debate. That person's guilty. Well, it comes to a sentencing phase, and he walks before the judge. He says, judge, I want you to let me go. The judge says, well, why should I? He says, well, if you let me go, I'm going to volunteer. I'm going to be in the Peace Corps for the next 20 years. I'm going to do all kinds of cleanup. I'm going to do community service. I'm going to do so many good things. Do you think the judge would even think twice about putting that guy in jail? No. Why? Because it doesn't matter how much good that guy promised to do. The crime has to be paid for. Sin cannot be wiped out by good deeds. The Bible says there's only one thing that takes away sin. It says without the shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness of sin. Jesus died on the cross. He shed his blood to pay for your sins. He paid for your sins so you can be forgiven and set free. And forgiveness is only through Jesus Christ. Only through faith in Jesus. And maybe you have a Catholic background. I'm just going to walk on some thin ice. That priest has no power to absolve you of any sins, friends. Only Jesus absolves you of sins. Only Him. It's not through good deeds or meditation or volunteer hours or letter of recommendation from your mommy or your incredible personality or your gifts or talents. You can't earn your way to heaven and you can't deserve your way to heaven. It's only through Jesus. You can reject it or deny it or ignore it, but that doesn't change it. It's only through Jesus. Now, many believe in Him. Many believe in Him, but you know something? It's not just believing in Jesus; it's putting your faith in Jesus. I heard a story; it's supposed to be true. I can't tell you it's one hundred percent true. About half the stories preachers tell are only fifty percent true. But anyway, it said that somewhere during the turn of the century, that that a famous uh, high wire performer put a high wire across the Niagara Falls, gathered a crowd, and said, "I'm going to walk across." This wire, Niagara Falls on a high wire. And the crowd said, don't do it. You'll never make it. He said, watch me. So he took his big, long pole. Remember, remember the guy who crossed the Grand Canyon? The big, long pole? Takes the big, long pole. He disappears into the mist. Several minutes later, he comes back. He's fine. The people are ecstatic. They're like, you've got to be kidding me. This guy is incredible. He said, you know, I, I, think, I, can, I think I can do it again. This time he puts a blindfold on. They thought, he's dead. We'll never see him again. He walks into the mist. Several minutes later, he walks back, and he's fine. By now, the people are sold. They're like, I, we're, you're the best. You're the man. There's, there's no one that can do this like you. And he goes, well, I'm going to try one more thing. I'm going to push a wheelbarrow across the tight wire. Do you think I can do it? The people said, yes, yes. There's one guy in the front row particularly excited. He said, sir, do you believe I can do this? He said, yes, you can do it. There's no doubt. He said, sir, do you have any doubt? No, there's no doubt you can push that wheelbarrow across there. goes, perfect, sir. I want you to get in the wheelbarrow. Faith in Jesus means you get in his wheelbarrow. It doesn't mean you just say, yeah, I sort of believe about Jesus. I sort of think about Jesus. It is that you say, Jesus, you're the son of God, and I am going to follow you. I'm going to put my life into your hands. I'm going to give you control of my life. Listen being a Christian isn't about just adding Jesus to your list of activities. It's about making him your life. A lot of people, yeah, I'm a good person. I, I go to Rotary Club. I coach Little League. And, uh, I, and I, oh, I'm a good husband. Oh, yeah, I'm going to go to church. That's not the way it goes. Jesus has to be the center. He has to be in control. That's what we do. We say, we say Jesus, I'm giving my life to you. And if you do, here's the good news. If you do, if you come to him, you're a winner today. Today, there's only be, going to be one NFL champion crowned, only one Lombardi trophy. They don't make two. I know we're living in an age of, like, acceptance, but they haven't yet made two trophies. They're not going to say to the Denver Broncos today, I know you lost, but here's your trophy too. That's not going to happen. There's a championship. Everyone, everyone wants to be on the winning team. When I was in school, I wanted to be on the winning team. Have you ever ever chosen last for dodgeball? Yeah, I was, but I'm still working through that. But uh, My team never really was very good, and, and I was probably part of that, but that's just the way it was. But everyone competes to win, right? No one says, my goal is to, is to compete and lose royally. Mm, yeah, that's what I want to do. We want to win, don't we? We need to understand though, our competition. Our competition for our souls is not other people. Our competition is not other churches or other Christians. Our adversary is someone named Satan. His mission is to steal, kill, and destroy. He wants you to spend eternity in hell with him, and his demons tormented forever. Make no mistake, you have an enemy, he doesn't play fair, and he's coming after you. And you may think I'm overstating it. I can tell you assuredly I am not overstating it. He is a liar and the father of lies. He will do anything to snare you in his trap. But Jesus said, you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. The truth is that Jesus loves you. He proved it by dying on a cross for your sins and rising again, defeating death, hell, and the grave. The truth is that you're created to know God. The truth is that he wants you to be in heaven with him for all of eternity. Friends, the ultimate champion is Jesus, and his team is the winning team. His team is the winning team. Sports is rather exclusive, isn't it? We know today that one team will be crowned. 29 teams are going to be sad. 29 fan bases are going to be disappointed. Only one gets to rejoice. Also, there's going to be a lot of bandwagon Seahawk fans after a the day. There'll be a lot of bandwagon fans, right? But you know something? To be on the very best winning team, all I have to do is come and say, "Jesus, I want to be yours. I want you to be my captain." And you don't have to worry that he chose you last because you're the last person in line. He chose you first. He looked through the beginning of time. He says, I want that person to come to know me. There's a theology that says that Jesus only chooses some people. But I want to tell you that the Bible says that he is not willing that anybody perish, but all come to repentance. All. You're not chosen for destruction. You're not chosen to be caught in sin. You're chosen to be delivered by the power of Jesus. He paid the price for you today. And he wants you to come to him. There's a place for you on that team. There's a place for you on that team. Get have that football back right there? He's a place for you in that team. See if I can catch it one more time. <laughs> Vince Lombardi said, except he probably had a Green Bay football. Yeah. He said, gentlemen, this is a football. It's really simple. You know what Jesus said? Jesus said, people... There's a cross. It's pretty simple. It's pretty simple. Men make it complicated. Just like pro football pundits, Christians write hundreds of books about the spiritual life. I've got about 150 of them in my office. Pastor Steve probably has five or six in his office. He probably has a couple hundred. And we only, owe, we only own probably, between us, if we took all the books we own, it's probably just like 1% of all the books written. It's all like the, all, these, all, these, all these football guys making it complicated. A lot of, lot of spiritual people meaning well, but they make life complicated. But the bottom line is there's the cross. Jesus died on it. Will you accept him as your Savior? It's simple. It's really simple. Yes, Jesus. Or no, Jesus. And if you say, I'm going to think about it, you just said no. It's yes, Jesus, or no, Jesus. Can we go ahead and bow our heads today and ask the worship team to come on up? Earlier, we talked about the ways that people try to fill the void. They use addictions, alcohol, drugs, possessions, sex, power, fame, money. Maybe you've tried all those things today. There's only one thing that satisfies, only one thing that fills you, it's Jesus. He paid the price for you today to be forgiven. If you will invite him in, he will come and he will fill you and give you a purpose give you significance, and even more importantly, give you a new life. You will be on your way to heaven. You'll be on his team. You'll be a champion for Christ. He's made a way for you. But you must make a move toward him today. He said, I chose you, but you've got to walk from where you are, and you've got to walk over and stand by him and say, yes, Jesus, I'm on your team. You're my captain you're my coach. You're, you're my Savior. You're my all in all. Jesus, I'm walking. I'm standing right beside you. And Jesus, come into my life. Jesus, fill me. If you make that move, you know what he says every single time? Yes, I want to. I'd be glad to. Jesus has never said, no, I don't think so. Jesus has never said, no, I'm too busy. Jesus has never said, not today. He always says, I'm ready. Are you? Are you ready? Will you make your move today and give your life to Jesus? Bible says today's the day. Maybe you've heard preachers tell stories about the person who said no and walked out and was killed in a traffic wreck. I'm not going to tell you those stories today, but I'm going to be very honest. You're not guaranteed your next breath. You're not guaranteed to be here tomorrow. And right now, today, the Spirit of the Lord is dealing with your hearts, and the devil's talking to you, saying no. It's not real. No, not now. No, just one more. I want to drink some more booze. I want to take some more drugs. I want, to, I want to lay with another woman. I want to do this. I want to earn some more money. I want to do this. I want to do that. Listen, that's the voice of the deceiver. Jesus is saying, follow me. I am the way, the truth, and the life. The truth will set you free. And Jesus is the truth. If you know you're not walking with the Lord and today you want to walk with Him, I just want you to raise your hand up. Is there anybody here who says, I'm not walking with Jesus? I'm not walking with Jesus. Is there anybody here? If this means everybody knows Jesus, right? Come on now. I just, I'm going to give you like five more seconds. Just five more seconds. Just five more seconds. Man, let's all stand, shall we? Let's all stand. I don't know if people were totally honest today or not, but I can tell you one thing: that within about a mile of this church, there's about a hundred thousand people who don't know Jesus. And can I tell you that we've got a job to do, Church of the Cross Victory Outreach? Listen, our job isn't to, our job isn't to come and have a good time together, even though it's really fun. Our job isn't even really to they have church services. You know, church services are great. We should have them. Our job is to take the gospel to the world. Our job is to win people to Jesus Christ. That's what we're about. Football is fun, but Jesus is life. Jesus is life. Jesus is life. Amen. I want us to spend just a couple of minutes. Just, let's raise our hands and let's just begin to pray for our community, shall we? Begin to pray for your neighbors. Begin to pray for your your loved ones.